Petrangelo and Eichel play catch out high. Right wing shot, save, rebound, score! Stevenson, power play goals in consecutive games. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Pass goes to Marcia Silk, behind and for Eichel. The left sidewall, up top Petrangelo, to the right, Theodore shoots, he scores! 41 seconds to go. Theodore scores his second of the period. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Awesome stuff happening around Sydney National Arena. Everybody getting back into town. Uh, there was a captain's gate today. Almost everybody was out there. It was pretty cool uh, to watch the boys go, go through uh, their things uh, and uh, watch them uh, get ready for the season. Uh, looking forward to seeing Phil Kessel on my top five this year. Uh, Phil Kessel, Jack Eichel, Mark Stone. We have Aiden Hill, and I want to see where Shea Theodore can take his game. Those are my top five players to watch with the Vegas Golden Knights. What about you, Ryan? My top five, uh, Jack Eichel, 100%, is number one for me. How he's able to you know, respond after a relatively normal, I would argue, offseason and, and really in a position where he, he, he wants to prove everybody everybody wrong and he wants to succeed. Uh, you know, I'm going to go away from Aiden Hill and I'm going to choose Logan Thompson. I think that that's going to be a massive storyline going into the year. Um, certainly going to be interesting to see how Logan performs early on. So Jack Eichel, Logan Thompson, I'm going to go with Mark Stone as well. His health is going to be paramount to the Golden Knights' success this year. Shea Theodore, I think, is is always going to be an interesting story, but I think that there's another gear he can get to, especially with Bruce Cassidy. And then, um, you know, beyond that, it's going to be Golden Knights special teams. I, I, I'm I'm not going to pinpoint Whoa, one other Whoa, you're going, going off the board. I'm going to pinpoint the power play and the penalty kill of the Vegas Golden Knights because I think that's going to be the bread and butter for this team if they make the playoffs. When, when I come up with an idea, you can't change the rules on the fly. Yeah, I can. All right. Um, dark didn't horses. Tell me I couldn't. Stories that may end up being big that we're not talking about at the start. Uh, we will go with Laurent Bossois. Uh, that's mm-hmm. one of mine. And number two. Zachary Mananen. I am all over this guy. Uh, from the uh, KHL, uh, Finnish player, diminutive, but he has all kinds of skill. May not be front and center at the start of camp. May not make big headlines halfway through camp, but I'm expecting something to come from Zachary Mananen. That, that's your dark horse, huh? Yeah, and, and Laurent Brassois. Oh, good for you. Um, I I don't want to like jump on the Sakari Manon thing, so I'm gonna like I'm gonna give you that. Um, I'd like my dark horse to be Brendan Brisson. Uh, fact of the matter is, you're talking about the he's shot. a shiny new toy. About. He can't be the dark I, I horse if he's a shiny new toy. I, eh, I I would disagree with that because I I think that there's you know he's gonna have to perform and perform well to make the club. Like he's going to have to outperform some guys to get that look, to get that chance, that opportunity. Um, and I'm not talking about Brendan Brisson making the team on the third line. I'm talking about Brendan Brisson in the top six for the Golden Knights if he makes the team. So it, it's it's 
I know it's kind of obvious, but I do believe that there's some degree of unlikeliness if Brandon Brisson ends up making the team. So I'm going with that as my dark horse. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights trying to get back into a playoff position after missing the postseason for the first time in franchise history. They would love to be where Colorado and Tampa Bay were last spring when the Avalanche got by the Tampa Bay Lightning to win the Stanley Cup. When you're handicapping the National Hockey League contenders for next season, where are your two finalists in the top five, or are they? For me, they're they're right in the mix. Um, I I don't know that it's wise for anybody to believe the Tampa Bay Lightning are done. I don't think it's wise for anybody to count this team out. Um, a little bit different, sure, but I think the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to be one of those teams where until they completely fall apart, you have to recognize and believe that they're going to be able to do something special. I think that next season's no different. So I would firmly put the Tampa Bay Lightning in my team of contenders. And I think the Colorado Avalanche are in their window. I, I do. I don't think that they're going to be as dynamic and as good as they were last year. They, they certainly are going to miss, in my opinion, uh, Nazem Kadri. But I think the, I think of the pro- progression of Kale McCarr, and I don't think he's gotten to his peak yet, uh, the Colorado Avalanche are going to be a problem. I think they're a contender, too. So you think that we're going to break from tradition, the recent mm-hmm. tradition of the Stanley Cup runner-up falling out of the playoffs. Uh, it happened a couple of years ago with the Dallas Stars. Uh, then it occurred the next year with the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm. And now it's the Tampa Bay Lightning who are up against it. Uh, they've been to three straight Stanley Cup finals. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. On on paper, you don't see that coming. But Montreal, you did. Like it was it was yeah. fairly yeah. Uh, easy to get your head around that it was going to be a difficult bounce back season given the division that they played in uh, last year that they were back to to normal uh with the with the Atlantic but uh for for the Tampa Bay Lightning it it I mean there's so much good hockey players uh, still there and the best goaltender uh in the world in uh, Andre Vasilevsky uh but you you say contenders does that mean top 5 yeah yeah i, I would put i would put Tampa and Colorado Firmly into my top five going into the season. Who's who's higher? Um, I guess I have to put a number on it, right? Um, well, no, I'm just asking. Do no, you do, I, you, do you I, have Tampa Bay ahead of Colorado? I, no, I have I have Colorado up there. Um, hmm. as, I don't as number one. You don't. What do you nope. have? Tampa. I have I have Tampa Bay uh, ahead of the Colorado Avalanche. Really, yep. really. Are they are they one? Is it one two? Uh, it it be right there. I mean, I I there's a couple of teams that uh, that I love that mm-hmm. I just can't bet my heart and soul on or okay. or or buy into. Like I love the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think there's all kinds of skill there. <laughs> I just I, I I'm a non-believer. Uh, oh wait, that, hold, hold that, on, hold on. That they can do it. Is Toronto is Toronto in your top five? Uh, yeah, on paper, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, but but. Do I'm I not buy, far off there. Do I do I buy in? No. 
Uh, not a chance. Like, I didn't think that there was a hope that they were winning game seven last year uh, against Tampa Bay. Uh, the the Edmonton Oilers, I think, can be have a really good season uh, this uh-huh. year. I'm not yeah. quite willing to to buy in. Uh, the, the Golden Knights are a really interesting uh, example where people are counting them out. They're a mm-hmm. different team, yeah. but they've also got players that are ready to step in or could potentially step in, whether you're talking Brisson, Manon, and uh, mm-hmm. Kessel uh, along that ilk. It will, there's just the, the major question mark that uh, that's going to have to be proved is, is the goaltending. Uh, mm-hmm. this, the Golden Knights club is not that far off from the team that went to camp last year that everybody was proclaiming as the Pacific Division winners. Uh, at the start of the year, uh, so there's uh, beyond that, there's not a there's not a lot of elite teams mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. there. Uh, St. Louis, I, I, I think, is 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 knocking on the door, like uh, of of being in that class that you could see that uh, that happening. What is uh, what is Dallas going to be? I'm not there yet uh, on the on the Dallas Stars. Uh, mm-hmm. Is Carolina? Do they want to make a, a, a leap? Uh, the the New York Islanders, where are they in, in all of it? Uh, there's there's teams that, that carry around these big question marks, but when you talk about elite teams, mm-hmm. it's it's a small group. There's, yeah, not, fi- so there's not five. I, I I don't know, um, and it's interesting because you, you you know you mentioned Edmonton, and I feel like if Jack Campbell comes in and he's phenomenal. The Edmonton Oilers might get to that elite status, but even then, I I still think that there's a question on their blue line. I still think that there's a question about bottom six depth. So, um, you know, I I don't know that I I would go with the Edmonton Oilers being in in my top five contenders in my in my elite of the elite of the league. Um, you know, so that kind of puts them out for me. I think Colorado's absolutely in that class. Uh, in the central. Like, I'm with you on St. Louis, but does that make them elite? No, I don't think no. so. Um, Minnesota is e- e- going to take a step back. I firmly believe that. I, I yeah. don't know that they got demonstrably better. In fact, I think that you can make the argument that they got worse. Winnipeg is going to be interesting, but I, I don't see, like, outside of Colorado right now in this moment, I don't see another elite, elite team in the Central Division. I see teams that got better, but I don't see an elite one. Um you mentioned Carolina, who's an interesting team to me. Um, you know, certainly they went out, they made moves this offseason to try to get better, to try to put themselves in that class. But I'm going to kind of pull the the exact same card that you talked about with Toronto. Until Carolina goes deep when they're supposed to go deep in the playoffs, it doesn't really matter. I'm not going to buy them as a true, true contender or the elite among the elite because when they have been favored, when they have had to show up, they haven't been able to. So Carolina, Pittsburgh's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm not sure that I'm going to bet against Sidney Crosby going into next year. So like maybe you can make the argument for Carolina. Maybe you can make the argument for Pittsburgh. Maybe you can make the argument that the Rangers are another year better and Shesterkin has another one of those years. I don't know that the Rangers are going to be as good as they were last year, so I'm, I'm kind of excluding them. And then you've got Tampa, who I think is the best in the Atlantic division. Toronto, Florida kind of fit right in behind them, but that's about it. So as far as elite teams go, I don't disagree with you. I think the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Colorado Avalanche 
are in a league of their own. And then you can kind of fill in the Floridas and the Torontos and maybe the Carolinas after that. And, and that's not a shot at those teams. Teams no. outside of Colorado, Tampa, maybe Florida. Right. The, the rest of those teams are all really good teams. Like Vegas mm-hmm. is a great team. There's a question yeah. mark. What happens with that question mark? If that question mark is answered, then they're elite. Sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh Los Angeles, bigger step. Edmonton can do it, but there's there's some hurdles to get over with that team with depth. Calgary yep. has to come together uh, w- with their with their team. They were elite last year. They were a really good team. Uh, I think they're a good team now, just not in that that upper echelon. But I think that the the streak is snapped. This idea that you can make the Stanley Cup final one year and then miss the playoffs the next year, I don't like it. I I, I really don't like it, and I'm glad that it's going to end this year. The the time that the New Jersey Devils won their first Stanley Cup mm-hmm. in that shortened season of 1994 and then missed the playoffs the next year, <laughs> I'd never heard of anything. In fact, yeah. I'm yeah. still getting my head around that, that you're going to win the Stanley Cup and then miss the playoffs. Yeah. And the Stanley Cup finalist isn't too far from that. Both were COVID years, mm-hmm. bubbles or weird formats. Can you chalk sure. it up to that? I'm willing to do that because uh, as we get back to normal, uh, I think you're going to see a, a little more consistency from the teams that go through. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I I do think it's it's nice, and you know we can't count our you know chickens before they're hatched or anything like that. But um, well, you're the farmer. It it would take something catastrophic for the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Colorado Avalanche to miss the playoffs. I firmly believe that they are demonstrably better than. You know the the Montreal Canadiens, the Dallas Stars, the the issues that we saw with those teams making the most out of a a moment, making the most out of you know a, a run that was unlikely to be reproduced, is not the same as Tampa. Like Tampa expects that their season begins in the Stanley Cup Final, and until they're proven otherwise. That's where I expect them to be, too. Uh, tweet me, at Darren Millard with one R, or at Ryan the Hockey Guy. Let us know who you have as elite teams in the National Hockey League this year, and we'll read some of those uh, responses on the air on the VGK Insider Show. Chicago, not going to be elite. <laughs> Arizona, probably not going to be elite. There's more teams in contention for the first pick and contention for the the number one uh, draft choice through the lottery than are what you would consider elite teams. Is that fair? Oh, 100%. Yeah, not even close. And, and I, I don't think like that's not a big change from other years. Like there's always been five or six maybe seven teams that are in rebuild phase. Let's let's tear it down, and it's it's a lot easier to make that decision than keep it going and be at the very top uh, of the league. Like um, last year, 
a handful of teams that, that were certainly going through that. And going into last year, how many elite teams were there? Vegas, Colorado, Tampa, because Florida wasn't there yet. No. Uh, Edmonton no, wasn't I... there. Calgary wasn't there. Uh, go through the uh, the Eastern Conference. Uh, uh, Toronto was close, but they're in the same position uh, now as they were last year. They hadn't proven themselves. So three elite teams a year ago uh, compared to uh, the Montreals and the Chicago's. There's almost the, a lot of the same cast of characters. Uh, Ottawa's. Uh, a year ago. I, I have a question on Toronto. Mm-hmm. Because I, I was almost willing Went to around. grant them... I was almost willing to grant them legitimate contender status last year. Can't. And yet and yet now, this year, I, I'm not going to. Are they farther, are, are they farther away from that group at the start of this year, in your mind, than they were a year ago? I think... I, <sighs> I don't know that they are, but I, I don't know that I can, in good conscience, say that they're going to do anything. Like, I don't know that I view Toronto objectively different today than I did going into last season. I like their goaltending more I, last year than I do right now. That's That's fair, but at the same time, I don't think that I view Toronto as a contender. Like a legitimate elite expected to win when it matters, I don't think I'm there. That's even, asking a even, lot for a team I, that hasn't won a playoff series since and, and 1934 that's, that's uh, like, to like, all of a sudden win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> that's not entirely true. Um, I, I don't think that I feel differently about the Maple Leafs in terms of the the product on the ice. I still think I think they're going to put up a ton of goals. I love off I love Austin Matthews. I, I think that they've got all the pieces, but I believe less in them today than I did last year for sure. Who's their goalie? Who who's the goaltender oh, that plays oh the most gosh. games this year? Um, my word. Um. I, I can't in good conscience say Matt Murray, right? Like you that's could. impossible. You could. For me I, to say. I don't mind Matt Murray. I don't. I I don't mind it either. I just would rather have gone with Jack Campbell. I Elias Samsonov. I, you know Samsonov. You know what? I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Matt Murray, and I'm gonna say Matt Murray because that's what has to happen for for Toronto. Like, well, that's what has to happen for the Matt, GM. That's what has to happen for this team, I think, to feel like what the GM did worked. So I, I think it has to be Matt Murray. I do. I and and Samsonov might end up being better, or he might end up being kind of the guy that that saves the day. But Matt Murray has to be thought of as the starter, and he has to be. Available to play more games than Samsonov. I, I think I truly believe that has to happen. The good part is uh, both goaltenders are mm-hmm. coming in off of being exposed to similar defenses. Uh, Matt Murray <laughs> in Ottawa and, and Samsonov yeah. in, in Washington weren't really protected that well. So it's not like they're yeah. coming from a, a low vent hockey into into what they're going to face in in Toronto. Uh, I'm. Uh, I like Matt Murray. 
I think Samsonov was a guy who was a blue chip prospect. And mm-hmm. we know when goaltenders mature, they mature a little bit uh, later. 25 years old. Uh, I I like him uh, a lot. I will say there was no debate about how to say Campbell's name as opposed to Samsonov or Samsonov. <laughs> that was the one good thing about, only, about Jack you, Campbell. You, Darren, you only have to worry about it twice a year, buddy. Mm. It'll be fine. Samsonov. Well, because it goes back to <laughs> the player. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sergei Samsonov. Samsonov. And and he was Samsonov. And then he was Samsonov. And then some of the announcers called him Samsonov again. Now, Darren Elliott had him. Uh, and and we talk about this all the time, how you change pronunciations every now. Like sure. uh, Dadnoff. Sure. Like it, that that pronunciation changed. It's it puzzled me how that happens. And what puzzles me even more is how some people get so bent out of shape. The way you say somebody's name that that mm-hmm. can be pronounced one way or the other. Like I'm not calling Timo Solani Timo Selani. I'm not. I'm not going sure. that. Like that one's ridiculous. I had somebody that's, tell me that one time. That's not good. Yeah. yeah that's uh, not good. Uh, and 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 uh, they said, well, that's the way Was he it says Timu? it in Finland. And uh, and my buddy said he's not in Finland. And uh, and that ended that conversation. <laughs> uh, Darren Drager was uh, was very uh, uh, upfront with that that you're not calling him Selani. Uh, but uh, yeah. but some some of the people like they get they get just crazy upset if if you say a name one way or the other. Dadnov was a, was a, an interesting one though because when he when he arrived in Vegas, mm-hmm. I said a totally different Dadonov. Well, Dadonov was how he wanted it said here. And Dadnov. Right? Yes. Well, no, it was Dadnov before and then then it was Dadonov here yeah. and I want to I I want to say that there were maybe a handful of times where I slipped and said Dadnov. Like mm-hmm. and and to be like to be fair, and and this is kind of the argument that I would make, if you have gone by two pronunciations before, you have to just be willing to accept that there are going to be multiple pronunciations of your name. Mm-hmm. Like not for us last year. Last year covering him, Dadonov. That's the name, that's what we're going with, which is why at no point in time did the daddy nickname make any sense to me because it wasn't Dadonov, it was Dadonov, and it's completely different sound, but that's a story for another day. Uh, but, you know, outside of Vegas, outside of this little hub here, I wouldn't be upset with anybody if they called him Dadanov or Dadanov or Dadnov. Like, there's multiple multiple pronunciations out there. I sure hope nobody changes their pronunciation this year. And if they do, who they, the, the deadline who would? Is, is Monday. All right? Monday? Monday, <laughs> well, a week why from are today. You putting it on? A week Why from are today you putting an arbitrary date on it? Is the deadline for a okay. pronunciation change for any Vegas Golden Knight players? I'm talking to to all the players, whether it's uh, Shay or Jack or like <laughs> think of how many different ways you could say what? Jack. Right? No. No. Yeah. Jack. Jacques. You no. Could, you you, no. you can throw it out there. Uh so I, I'm saying I'm I'm calling him Eichel. If it's not changed by next Monday, I'm calling him Eichel. Well, that's his name, so I think it's going to be fine. Stone. Um, I will I will Stone say a? this: you should get clarity. You should get clarity on Manonen. 
for sure. Yeah, Zachary. That Mananen. I've already got clarification yeah. on that one. Oh, there because, you go. Because I'm all in. He's your dark horse. Yeah. 100%. I'm all in on Zachary. I get it. And Chapman's going to love him because he's a smaller guy, and he can buzz around. I was mm-hmm. watching him, uh, and he can he can dish the puck. Uh, I think Chapman's going to be right on board with that. When he's inside the dressing room and he's schmoozing the players, and William Carlson's told him to beat it for the 15th time, <laughs> and he's going to find somebody else to talk to, uh, Zachary Mananen. Will be that guy. You know, I love the Nordic players, so so I'm sure mm-hmm. I will gravitate towards him. Uh, I have no doubt about that. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, it's one-timers. Big announcement by the Montreal Canadiens. Talking huge. I'm not joking. This is this is significant. But I'm surprised that they went in the direction that they did. And John Tortorella has third things up from Philadelphia's side and he hasn't coached a game yet. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. That sounds louder than it should be. I don't know what was going on there. Chapman's busy looking for music for my game show uh, from our number one. Still haven't come up with that just yet. A big announcement from the Montreal Canadiens, and this has a direct tie-in with the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Montreal has named Nick Suzuki as their newest captain, the 31st captain in Montreal Canadiens history. And the tie-in is obvious if you guys uh, haven't figured it out. Nick Suzuki replaces Golden Knight Shea Weber as the captain. Shea Weber was the the captain of the Montreal Canadiens the last number of years, but he was traded to the Golden Knights in the offseason. You guys figured that out? Yep. Did did Shea Weber replace Max Pacioretty? Uh, Yeah, I believe so. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there's a real, real uh, Vegas connection here. Uh, Suzuki is uh, 23 years old, youngest captain in Montreal Canadiens history. Uh, Silvio Mantha was named captain in 1926-27 at the age of 24. So Suzuki just beats him out. Uh, I'm a little surprised. I thought they were going to go Brendan Gallagher. I thought they would have went along that way because of a little more veteran presence and all the responsibilities that come with being the captain. And then you add in the Montreal Canadiens part of it. That's uh, significant. Yep. Um, I am two of the mindset that Brendan Gallagher was maybe the more obvious choice. Um, Now, Gallagher was named an, an alternate captain today, uh, so that's you know something there. The leadership group still does involve Brendan Gallagher, but in the case of Nick Suzuki, uh, listen, I think that he's going to be the most one of the more important players to the Montreal Canadiens if they turn this around. And I don't necessarily think that he's the kind of guy that's going to shrink because of the captaincy. If anything, I think it's going to make him better. So. Uh, Montreal's a different place. I get that. However, I will say um, the idea of Nick Suzuki at today's press conference talking about whether or not he's going to learn French, I found his response really, really interesting. Talking about learning it or doing his best to get more familiar with French by using an app called Babbel. 
Like, that's just such a thing that can only take place right now in 2022 that uh, I thought it was pretty refreshing there that he's not only trying to do it, but not the old-fashioned way. He's using an app on his phone to try to com to connect with that faction of the fan base. What, you want him to have a tutor? Maybe. Yeah. Why not? That's so 2001. I, I see that. I do. Come on. Huh. Like, good for Nick Suzuki, though. Yeah, first-round pick of the Vegas Golden Knights yeah. and coming off that 21-goal season uh, a year ago. He is their future, Cole Caulfield uh, and the like, uh, with Montreal Canadiens. Uh, they are uh, turning uh, the corner on a rebuild, hopefully, in the next little bit. They've uh, they've got the uh, the contracts of, uh, of a couple of players that, uh, that are weighing them down, but they're... They, I see what the idea is that mm -hmm. Suzuki will be there when they become relevant in the standings yeah. again. Uh, that's yeah. what they're hopeful, and that means you got to go young, and that's why they have the the twenty three year old. Uh, I don't know whether you saw the picture uh, of the leadership group of Montreal in their red sweaters. I did. Do you notice anything about them? Yeah, they've got a jersey advertisement on. The yeah. Front. We got to get uh, get used to that. Uh, Vegas um, circuit's going to be uh, on the home jerseys. That's uh, that's cool. I uh, got to get used to advertising on the sweaters of the National Hockey League this year. I like it. I don't like. I don't. I don't get all bent out of shape uh, 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 about it because it's part of professional sports now. And I've watched enough European hockey that uh, that it blends in. If anything, I'd like a couple more. And really, whoa, like, whoa, like, whoa, like, whoa, get going whoa. with it. Okay, I'm not like bent out of shape about it either. Um, I prefer that it's one. I like the fact of you know where it is, how you know, the, the the size. I don't want to get like over overboard. I don't want to go too crazy with it. I think one on the front is perfectly fine. Um, at most, two, one on front, one in the front, one in the back, but. Darren, don't don't start like the rabbit hole of wanting more and more and more. I, I don't think that that's a good idea. What about one on each shoulder, Chapman? I got no problem with it. it two total? Or are you talking about four? One in front, one in the back, and both shoulders. Two total. Two total. Uh, if the we're the European about... hockey thing, like when, when mm -hmm. the advertisements yeah. are on the, the goalie's pads yeah. and, yeah. and yeah. the pants and all that, they, I, I don't even know which team's playing. I don't, I, I, I don't mind it. Like it's, it, it's fine. Like it, it's over the top. If anything, those ads get lost in it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. but one, one, one little patch seems a little lonely up there. But you will notice it. You certainly will notice it, folks. Uh, not and I so like much it. in the case of the not so much in the case of the Golden Knights. Like I, I don't know if you've seen the circa patches on the Golden mm -hmm. Knights jerseys, but they are as seamlessly blending in. As good. a jersey patch can be. Like, yeah. it's fantastic. Well done all the way around. Love it. Uh, Joel Edmondson and uh, Brandon Gallagher are your alternates uh, with the Montreal Canadiens this year. Uh, should I go straight to... No, no, I'm going to go with the Evan Rodriguez story next. <laughs> okay. Uh, Evan Rodriguez, one of our uh, free agents mm -hmm. that were out there, uh, he yep. has signed with the Colorado Avalanche. It's a one-year deal for $2 million for the 29-year-old forward. Really good decision 
for both sides. Uh, Colorado had enough money that they could give him that. It was actually more than I thought he was going to end up getting, to be quite honest. So I think it's a really good score for Evan Rodriguez, uh, the right-hander shot. And I think it's a a great signing by Colorado. This this gives him an amazing, because Pittsburgh couldn't afford him. Uh, This gives him an amazing opportunity to show everybody that last year wasn't a fluke. And that's what this year, this isn't as much... It's, he wants to win a Stanley Cup. He wants to perform well, et cetera, et cetera. But at the top of Evan Rodriguez's list of goals this year is prove it wasn't a fluke. Scored 19 last year. Mm-hmm. He'd never scored in double digits before. Yeah, for Evan Rodriguez, this is about as perfect an opportunity as you can get to try to double down and maximize your dollars going into your next contract. And he thought that it was going to be this offseason that he got paid. He's going to have to do it again, and I don't think that there's a better opportunity to do it again than with the defending Stanley Cup champion, uh, Colorado Avalanche. You start to look at some of the players he's going to be able to play with, where he might fit, what his role will be within the lineup. I think it's a great opportunity for Rodriguez to cash in. He just has to bet on himself and perform. Good news. Uh, Kevin Hayes, Logan Couture are both healthy. Uh, That's uh, great for the Philadelphia Flyers. On the not-so-positive side of it, there's a bit of uh, controversy coming out of the city of brotherly love after Mm -hmm. John Tortorella was quoted as saying last week that he has major concerns about the locker room. He spent some time in the office talking to the players, talking to personnel, talking to the general manager, Chuck Fletcher, and Mm -hmm. he has concerns about what goes on in there. Adding, before we even step on the ice, situations and standards and accountability in the room is forefront. You can't get squat done on the ice until you get your room straightened out. And I think we have a little bit of work to do there. Mm-hmm. Outside of amazing use of the word squat and not in the weightlifting angle, uh, yeah. I, I think John Tortorella deserves huge applause. For being honest, upfront, and willing to look away from possible criticism that he's uh, starting a controversy. Well done, John. Well, I mean, we can look at the Philadelphia Flyers over the last couple of seasons, and I, I don't think, you know, based on what they were able to do in the bubble, we thought that this was a team on the rise. We thought that the Philadelphia Flyers were moving in the right direction and that they would be good and the wheels completely fell off the wagon, and they've been demonstrably bad since then. So I, I appreciate John Tortorella coming here and saying something's broken. I'm putting everybody on account that something is broken, and now it's on everyone to work together to fix it. I, I think it's brilliant stuff from John Tortorella. I wish more people did that. So do I. I, I, I do. Uh, I understand why they don't. Mainly it involves the general manager and the owner. Hey, we just hired you and you're saying this? Where was that yeah. in the job interview? Yeah. But but Torts can do something like that. Now, if you're wondering how the players are reacting to this, uh, Kevin Hayes said that he flew in, he met with John Tortorella, and Torts told him he's going to be really hard on me this year, and it's exciting. <laughs> um I don't get excited about people being hard on me uh, I, and, and pushing good. me and and really challenging me. I mm. want to go at my own speed 
I, I think I'm pretty good at my job, so I don't think I need to be pushed that much. Uh, I don't need John Tortorella after me. Like I don't want I, feel- I don't want John Shannon all over me. Well, he does that anyway. But uh, John Shannon phoning me every three days, telling me, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do that. I want to talk to John Shannon about golf. Um, I think you and Kevin Hayes might be a little different. Um, I think Kevin Hayes is really good at his job. Uh, but You don't think someone... I am? I think Kevin Hayes is really good at his job. Wow. Um, anytime you are making... $7.15 million, uh, you tend to be pretty good at playing hockey. And that's not to say that you're not good at what you do, Darren. Of course you're good at what you do. Uh, but I think that, you know, if maybe if John Shannon was, was riding you every two to three days, you'd you'd have Chapman with music. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm more sure. of a honey guy. I'm not a vinegar guy. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that at all. Yeah, But, I'm- like, listen... You, you also haven't had the last two years that the Philadelphia Flyers have had. So um, that has to account for something. And listen, if John Tortorella does nothing, at least you know he's going to fix the accountability in that locker room or it can't be fixed, right? Like if there's a guy that's going to be able to come in and hold everyone accountable and not be shy to put it out there, their dirty laundry, um, then there's there's no fixing the Philadelphia Flyers, and they've got much, much bigger issues at hand. Um, here's a weird one for you. Hmm. The Dallas Stars have hired Ben Bishop. Hmm. Do you know what's okay. weird about that? The Buffalo Sabres are paying <laughs> the final year of Ben Bishop's $3.5 million contract. Yeah. The National Weather Service in Las Vegas has issued a flash flood warning for southeastern Inyo County in south central California until 8.30 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. At 5.25 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, Doppler radar indicated thunderstorms producing heavy rain across the area south of Death Valley Junction. Between 0.75 and 1.5 inches of rain have fallen. Flash flooding is ongoing or expected to begin shortly on Senior 127 between Death Valley Junction and Shoshone. Hazard, life-threatening flash flooding. Thunderstorms producing flash flooding. Source, radar. Impact, life-threatening flash flooding of low water crossings, normally dry washes and roads. Some locations that will experience flash flooding include Senior 127 and Shoshone Turnaround. Don't drown when encountering flooded roads. Most of flood deaths occur in vehicles. He's, uh, his, his career was cut short because of injury. Yeah, I mean that's that's maximizing your um, your skill set and uh, finding a secondary source of income. So well done, good I, job. And and I'm all for having multiple jobs. Yeah. I do it. Like I have I six jobs. My favorite is yeah. the Vegas Golden Knights, and then my second favorite, it's one A one B, is hanging out mm-hmm. with you guys. But oh, I can't okay. say I can't say that that it's the same. 
because then Chapman will get all emotional with me <laughs> and say, I can't believe that I'm your favorite. I never expected that. So I can't go down that because it would just, it, it would send the show right off the rails. But, uh, Cute Titanic but, theme music. But I am, well, if, if, if he, if he was thinking ahead, like you've already thought yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Cute Titanic theme music. Do you exactly. think he's gone down that path? No, he's waiting to talk. No, see, you guys forget, there was a period of time where we had a discussion about songs that would never, ever be played on this show. Mm -hmm. My Heart Will Go On was one of those songs that will I will never ever play on this show. Did I what? did I consent to that? I, I don't I don't agree with that. Well, at all. you you don't run the board though. Again, dynamite guy in the power play. He's deflecting <laughs> pucks top, <laughs> left, right, bottom. Chapman, Chapman, can you really make the argument that you run the board? No, 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 but no, but I mean, no, no. You, he, he he can say that because he's closest to the board. <laughs> yes, that, I run the board by default. I'm not sure anybody's running the board. <laughs> I'm trying to help out that process. He's closest to the board. Those are your one timers for this Monday, September 10th on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Well, Christopher. Hi, Darren. How's that search for music coming along? Uh, not very well. So, I saw something this morning that kind of piqued my interest a little bit, and it was that now that uh, Queen Elizabeth has passed away, they are going to have to eventually put money into circulation that has King Charles's likeness on it so king charles is the, the third yes so i looked up some some statistics or some facts and right now there are 4.7 billion notes in circulation from the bank of england that's a lot the combined total of those 4.7 billion dollar banknotes is 82 billion dollars when you factor in coins it's 95 billion british pounds in circulation queen elizabeth and none of them are any good right now no no they're they're oh. all going to be good they're, eventually they'll be phased out as they start to add but she has the world record for being the person to appear on the currency of the most countries which was 33 at its all, all time not all at the same time and the first country to feature queen elizabeth on their banknotes believe it or not was canada why is that believe it or not well, we're part of the Commonwealth. Yes. However, they put her on their $20 note when Bill. she was only eight years old in 1935. They also did it again when she was 25 in 1952. They actually did it twice before England did it. So we're leaders. Yeah. Well, ahead of the curve, apparently. Total so leaders. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's pretty interesting stuff now. Uh, yeah. So 33 countries. She was on the currency for which is a world record the second highest was 21 which was queen victoria um if you were going to be put on money yes what denomination would it be hundred dollar bill no why not because nobody sees it i would never see your you know, yeah yeah but but Nobody, nobody no, walks no, around no. calling the Chapman. one dollar bill Chapman. George, or, or I want to be Chapman. on the hundred because everyone Chapman. talks about the Benjamins. There's even a song. I think a twenty would Stop. be perfect. No, no, no. Chapman. Is a $2 bill, 100%. Oh, stop. No, $100 bill, because I want people to be like, it's all about the Chapman's, baby. You, no, 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 listen. Unique. Yes. You know it's rare when you see it. Yes. Chapman, you are the $2 bill. 
Yeah, but no one's walking like you around look at like, it, hey, you got to chat. You look at it, you? it kind of annoys you, but you don't want to get rid of it. Like, <laughs> Chapman, you're the $2 bill, buddy. Oh. Nobody ever goes, I wish I would have had a $2 bill. Yeah. Now, in Canada, yeah. the toonie, the, toonie, the $2 yeah. coin, is very popular. $2 bill? So you'd want 100, 100. What, what about you, Wallace? The $2 bill, those are cool. No, $2 coins are cool in Canada. Yeah, two dollar bills. Yeah, well, kind of you, useless. Owe, you owe me a few of those, and we haven't had that. What, yet, what so. do you want for a bill? I told you a two dollar bill. What are you talking really? about? Yes. Hmm. Well, that was sideways. Not what I expected. We'll be back with you tomorrow on the VGK Insider Show.